0: A friend of mine had just told me about a business partnership that she started that had just fallen apart. And the reason it fell apart was because there was no trust, Uh, period. In this episode, I'll talk about the relationship between partnership and trust. Why trust is so important to partnership. How do you know if you can trust your partner? How do you build that trust so that you build a strong partnership? Research showed that 70% of business partnerships fail. Let's understand why and how to prevent it. This is not new. You've seen it before. You may have been part of that. You you were part of a business partnership. You started a partnership with a partner, and it fell apart. I found an article, a 2008 article, from Local Government Chronicles that asks, uh, really, the title is, Why 70% of Partnerships Fail?, And here's a direct quote from that article, CPCR, a consultancy specializing in developing organizations, leaders, and partnerships, concluded that the key driver of this failure are issues of trust and deteriorating relationships. And I would say deteriorating relationships are also a matter of trust. So let's talk about partnerships. Let's start by asking, what is a partner? What what does it mean to have a partnership? Now, I I can't tell you how tired I am of companies trying to sell me services that uh, open up with, uh, we want to partner with you. No, you don't want to partner with me. You're trying to sell me stuff and you you want me to pay you money. This is not a partnership because this is an asymmetrical relationship. And it is really critical that we understand that partnership has to be symmetrical. And typically when somebody is uh, offering to partner with me, partner with my business, I ask them, so are we going to take the same level of risk? If we fail, do we fail together? Or are your pay- the payments that I pay you, you they're secured, but uh, the success of the business is not. And obviously uh, what they're trying to sell me is uh, sell me services, uh, but they uh, think that if they use the word partner, then I'm going to be more amenable to working with them. Why do I need a partner at all? You know, I'm starting a business. Why do I need a partner? and i'm going to venture to say that a partner really helps having a partner in a business really helps and i'm going to point out a few reasons one of them is typically when you start a business there's too much work for one person now you can hire people to do work for you one thing that i learned in my uh, past history business history is that people working for you are typically not as involved as bodying, as engaged in the business, as people who are actually partners in the business, and there's just too much work for one person. You have to have more, and and typically you don't have enough money to pay somebody to do work for you. And again, you know, it's one thing to be an employee; it's another one to actually be a partner, sharing the risk, uh, the risk and sharing the reward. Another reason is complementary skills. Uh, I have certain skills, I'm not good at everything. I already did a podcast episode on uh, uh, why you need to focus on uh, uh, improving your strengths rather than improving your weaknesses. I have weaknesses. So having a partner that is strong in areas that I'm weak at where I'm strong in areas that they're weak at is really complementary and helps build a very strong business. When you have a partner and and you come across, uh, whether it's a fork in the road or any kind of uh, business decision that's required, you get better ideas when you have two people brainstorming and thinking and having the same motivation to reach the best uh, outcome of that decision. Having a partner helps because you have someone who really understands the pressure and he's in there, in that pressure cooker with me. I'm not alone. It's someone that I can talk about the business. You know, I, I sometimes I get really, really excited about the business. And I go and I talk to, even if I talk to my wife or I talk to my daughters uh, or friends, I can, they're not as excited as I am. They're not as into it as I am. And, and when you have a partner, that's somebody that is, involved in it they're they're needy maybe they're up to their eyeballs right there with you in that business so it's it's really it's someone you can talk to about the business it, it could be a sounding board for your own ideas uh regarding the business and you know what it, it does provide the emotional support sometimes people outside the business they don't really understand Uh, what you're going through and a partner would give you the emotional support that you need at at some times at, at some hard times not to mention that you're giving them the emotional support that they need this is why you need a partner but what happens if the partnership breaks down the business partnership breaks down when when the partnership breaks down, the really the business breaks down. It's typically there's a lot of stuff that needs to be addressed. There are financial transactions uh, because you know uh, doesn't matter what you think about the partner, doesn't matter what the partner thinks about you, but uh, there was some investment made, whether it's financial uh, or otherwise resources. They need to somehow be sorted out and all of a sudden you find yourself uh, having to pay out, pay off your, uh, your partner to get them out of the business. I've been involved with several of those partnerships. The first one that, that I was involved with, I, there was someone that I met and, and we started building a business together. Uh, and I'll talk later about the different components of why trust is broken, but, but it did. And we had to break it out. And guess what? I had to buy them out of their percentage in the company which I thought was crazy because I really started the company, but I brought them in as, as partners, and then I had to buy them out. So there are financial transactions, not to mo- not to mention the emotional stress. You know, starting a business, especially in the early years, is very stressful. And now on top of that, you put another layer, of emotional stress, of of breaking a partnership. So not only that it's hard for me to build the business, to grow the business, now I have to deal with the stress of breaking a partnership apart while continuing to grow the business because I still believe in that business. I'm jumping a little ahead towards uh, what you do to build a strong partnership. And and I want to start with, what's not going to help you build a strong partnership i remember my second year in law school uh, we started contract law and uh, i I was older than the other students Uh, most students uh, were in their uh, early 20s and i was in my uh, kind of mid 30s and so i had a lot more business experience than others and the professor was asking, uh, how do you build a strong uh, partnership? How do you get out of a partnership if you have a strong contract? I, I'm not even sure it was partnership. I think it was just any business relationship that was covered by a contract. And you really wrote a very well-written contract and... Uh, uh, you know, you crossed all the Ts, you dotted all the Is, you you accounted for all possible outcomes and all situations and scenarios, and now all of a sudden your partner or your business partner here uh, is trying to get out of that uh, contract. What do you do? And he he asked, and and all those young students started talking about enforcing the contract and and. Uh, court going to court and lawsuits and and stuff and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. I I didn't say a word. I was just sitting there smiling and, and at some point the professor turned to me and and said, "What? Why are you smiling?" And I said, "Well, you you know, I'm I'm listening to these answers and I can tell you one thing. If that contract is unenforceable, if the other side does not want to take part in that anymore, there's probably nothing you can do that will salvage this relationship. There's no amount of money. I mean, yeah, you can sue them and all, but but that now you're not building a business. Now what you're doing is you're dealing with legal issues. There is no contract that will create a strong partnership. I typically when I entered when I enter partnerships and I just entered another partnership uh this last year. Uh, uh, this last week, not not just last year, this last week. And we signed our contract and it's, you know, it's really a two-page. And and I wouldn't even call it a contract. It was really a letter of understanding. The purpose of that letter was really more to set the expectations to know who's doing what so there are no surprises because surprises can break partnerships. Wait, I thought that you're going to do that. No, you thought that I'm going to do that. Well, that that's a problem. So, really, that was the purpose of that letter. Because there's no contract that is enforceable to create a strong partnership. So, I want to get that out of the way. It's the answer is not a contract. There's an art another article that was written by the Small Business Chronicles in 2020 uh, that Try to analyze why do they fail? Why do partnerships fail? And and I'm going to take the six bullets that came out of that article and I'm going to reflect on them. The first one is they said because you're mixing personal relationships with business. You know, I would say that the jury is out on that. I know that the the worry we have is that, you know, if there's a personal clash, uh, let's say that that my wife is my partner and uh, we have a disagreement at home. And now we bring it into the business. Uh, I have a friend and we uh, fought over something that has nothing to do with the business. Now we bring it into the business. I'm going to actually claim the opposite. I think that those that you have a very strong relationship with outside of work are probably going to be the people that you're going to trust inside of work. So I'm not against the mixing personal relationship. In, In fact, if you... No, and, and i'm going to take you through what i think it takes to build that trust this does become a personal relationship i'm sorry if i'm invested in a business it is personal to me why not bring in the personal people in my personal relationships in in my life Another one is an unequal commitment among partners, and that's that's important. That touches on the uh, my component of um, symmetry, symmetry and fairness in the relationship. Uh, and uh, the uh, you know it, it kills me to know how many times people just overlook this this part of their relationship has to be really symmetrical. It has to be symmetrical in several different aspects. One of them is the equity level in the business. You know, you're going to hear a lot about uh, I'm going to bring you as a partner into the business, but uh, and it's going to be as equal as possible, but I'm going to maintain 50.1% of uh decision making power or voting and you're gonna get 49.9 percent so from a financial equity it's pretty equal it's pretty much similar but it gives me the ability to make decisions that is a even though we're talking about 0.1% that moves from one side to the other, or 0.1% over the perfect identical uh symmetry. This is a gross violation of the symmetry component of trust because the other person is not gonna trust you if the power the power is in your hands for 0.1 or less percent of the equity, the power is in your hands, and that's a major unequal um symmetry or asymmetry uh, another part of the symmetry is the financial resources and, and we often you know go around that and uh you know i'm gonna put the money because i have money you're gonna put uh sweat equities so you're gonna kind of earn your equal that's asymmetrical and it has more potential for falling apart than for staying equal than, than for staying uh, united, uh, staying as a partnership. Uh, you need to make sure that both partners uh, attribute or, or or invest equally and that you pretty much, identify that from the get-go. This this is the level of investment that's going to be required by each one of us. Uh, Are we both okay in that? Now, it doesn't matter that much that I have more or less ability to make that investment as long as we both agree that that's the level of investment. Now, where we get into trouble is when that was not predefined and all of a sudden a higher level of investment is required and one of us can't make it. Now, that person is perceived as the one who's all holding the business back, and it doesn't matter why they they can't contribute as much financial resources. The amount of time. Starting a business takes a lot of time. Remember, one of the reasons to have a partnership is because it's more than what one person can, can handle. And so many times, including one of my partnerships in the past, where I said I have 100% to invest in the business, 100% time to invest in the business. That's the only thing that I do. The other person goes, well, you know, I'm still keeping my day job, but don't worry. I'm going to invest time. I'm even going to do that at the expense of my day job so I'm going to do some of the research from my computer at work and I can only do things on weekends or or, or on evenings that's an asymmetrical time commitment it's a problem effort there needs to be a symmetry in the commitment of effort how much how hard am I willing to work for it Imagine this. Imagine that you started a business with a partner. You started a business partnership and, and your partner uh, comes in, you know, they like to work nine to five. They have other things. They don't have another job, but they have other things. They play basketball or or whatever. They have their family to go to. You show up at the office, and the office is probably at your home or their home or whatever, and and you start working at at 6 a.m., they show up at 9, they leave at 5, you're still working. That symmetry or asymmetry of commitment leads to that partnership falling apart. This uh, What they refer to as unequal commitment among partners, I call it asymmetry. And asymmetry is one of the three main components of my trust model in the uh, who you are uh, side of uh, that model. And and I'll talk about the what you do as well. They brought up lack of success. And you know, I would argue, I, I don't know that lack of success is a major reason why partnerships fall apart. I mean, th- lack of success if we are not successful if we decided if we agreed up front that uh, we're going to be spending i don't know we're, we're we're committed to this for the next 12 months and if after 12 months it doesn't seem like we're getting anywhere then we're going to just fall uh, fall apart well that's that's just a natural outcome and and we're both still friends and and we both agree that that's that's the time to stop so it, now, it, where this can break a partnership uh, for, you know, within less than that time is when we didn't agree on what that time is. Now, when you start a business, uh, I would never expect that we start a business and we're successful on day one. It takes time. Uh, it takes a lot of doing the right things, not seeing any outcome until all of a sudden you start seeing outcome and when you start seeing outcome and the outcome starts growing that's when you're successful and maybe you don't have that kind of time maybe you don't have a runway financial runway personal financial runway or your partner doesn't have a a personal financial runway to go through that period but if you haven't agreed on what that period is uh and all of a sudden either you or your partner go i can't do this anymore we're unsuccessful it's not that you're unsuccessful you're not successful yet but one of you doesn't have that runway. So I, I would refer to that as the lack of success because just lack of success because the business is not successful while it was supposed to be successful. That's a reason to not just fall full, uh, full uh, break the partnership apart, but but it's a mutual understanding that that this is just not working. here is here is my favorite one. they They refer to as differing values. When I did my study on trust, or one of the studies on trust, I found the highest, highest correlation of trust to any factor with that factor being shared values. And today I refer to it more as personality compatibility and you will see why, because shared values means that you have the same values. Personality compatibility may mean that you have different Um, maybe you have different characteristics, different traits, but they're complementary. So traits can be complementary. I'm an idea person and other people are people who like to execute. They don't like to think about ideas and neither one of us, by the way, is good or bad. Both of those are as good and as bad as the other, but it does take different types of people for the business to be successful. This is complementary. So I would put that as a higher category than just the values, but the values are important if we stand for different values with respect to the business with respect to the business it's uh my guess is uh partnerships would not fall apart because one of us is a republican the other is a democrat well i take it back maybe today in the level of political polarization we have and demonization of the other side uh maybe this is a good enough reason to not go into partnership but uh I have friends and they're on the opposite party than I am. And we can build businesses. I would build a business with them any time of the day, any day of the week and twice on Tuesdays. Uh, but having the same values with respect to the business is important. So there was a partnership that was once uh, proposed to my wife to start a business uh, in, in a computer school. And the person who started the business, he, he actually already had uh, several uh, facilities and he wanted uh, us to get into partnership with him to open new facilities. But the way he looked at the business, the values he had for the business, and I'm not going to argue if his values were bad or wrong or or good, but they're different than ours and, and my wife specifically. And my wife said, I'm, I'm not going to go into a partnership if this is how he wants to run that business. So we, we have to have the same values with respect to the business or you and your partner have to have the same values an alignment of interests. That's an important one. Why do you care about this business? Why do you want to do this business? And, and I'm going to throw in shared vision and shared mission. What do you think the vision of this business is? How do you see this business 20 years from now? What is the mission of this business? What will this business achieve? Frankly, I would tell you if the answer, if the only answer is it will bring more money, I wouldn't go into business with you. Because you know what? The moment you find another way to, to bring in more money, you're going to dump the business because, you know, you get better return on investment doing something else. So to me, I never go into business. And, and I believe that's true for most people. I don't know. Maybe I'm naive. But I believe that most people go into business because they believe in a mission that this business feels in in society. You know, the, the reason I started the Innovation Culture Institute and... and uh, all my work on trust. My mission is to reverse the decline of trust in our world. That is my mission. My mission is not to make more money. My mission is to reverse the decline of trust in our world because it is declining and I want to help reverse it. I will only take a partner that can get passionate about this mission and not because it generates money. So, you know, they also talked about personality clashes, which I would uh, fold under differing values, uh, different... Again, I'm I'm not calling it differing values or or similar values. I call it personality compatibility. So if we have personality clashes... and, And again, you know, different personalities can be... The personalities can be identical which by the way, may not be the best way, the best partner to start a business with. Someone who's identically just like you may not be the best idea. You're know, you an idea person, they're an idea person. What you're lacking is someone to execute. Or you're a type A personality, very strong personality. The other one is very strong personality. You're gonna be clashing all the time. So uh, really the focus needs to be on personality compatibility rather than uh, worry about uh, being identical, the same. And and the last bullet, the sixth bullet that they offered in that Small Business Chronicles 2020 article trying to explain why 70% of partnerships, business partnerships fail, they call it the failure of trust, which to me is everything. That is actually the higher level thing. Mm Let me add a few other components, other things that you should consider when you're thinking about a partnership that were not covered in, in that article in, in their six uh, bullets. One of them is competence. You, you know, you have a role in the, the business and the other person that your partner or partners have roles in, in the business and each one of you has to be competent in their role. One of the biggest mistakes I've seen people do is uh, they ignore competence in favor of how well I know you and and all the other factors. So maybe I know you very well, we have a strong relationship, we're already friends, maybe we're family members, I've known you for a very long period of time, I know exactly what you stand for, we share the same vision, we share the same mission, Um, no issue of personality clashes, equal commitment, everything else being equal, we sometimes ignore the fact that the other person is just not good or good enough in their role that that they get in this partnership this will break this was not one of the components addressed by the small business chronicles 2220 article but this is critical if you partner with somebody who's not competent in what you do in what they need to do for the business and uh You take them anyway because you trust them? Well, guess what? You're going to find that competence is part of trust. And as they start failing the business because they're not competent enough, and I I don't want to go all the way to say they're incompetent, but they're not competent enough, uh, that partnership is going to fall apart. At at some point, you're going to get more and more annoyed. You're going to start talking to other people about your partner, which is, already uh, a bad, bad start. Another consideration is empathy. And empathy works two ways here. Uh, One is your ability to really understand your partner. You know, I talked about symmetry and uh, you may be okay with just getting the commitment, from your partner. To uh, I'm whatever you're gonna contribute, I'm I'm gonna contribute the same. Whatever you invest, I'll invest the same. You may get that commitment from your partner, but if you don't really have empathy towards them, and again, empathy is not compassion, it's not pity, it's not sympathy. Empathy is your ability to see things from their perspective as if you were them. It's your ability to see where they are on the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Maybe they worry about things that are more fundamental to the human. Uh, personality than than you are Um, and you need to know that. You need to know that maybe the the promises, the commitments that that they're making to the business is going to put them in undue stress or a lot higher stress than you are. Now, I'm going to put this mostly on you, but I would expect to have a partner that has empathy towards me, which means that if the 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 roles the, the the positions were reversed and you are going to be in a lot more stress putting the same level of investment as they are, they're going to be able to see through that and they're not going to treat you as uh, you know someone who's not pulling their weight, even though. This level of investment that's required right now that we did not foresee at the beginning was not part of our agreement, and now they're upset that you're not willing to go beyond. And you know they're going to give you this speech of uh, you you have to go beyond. So what if we didn't think about that first? Well, then then they lack empathy, and you want to make sure that you have a partner that is empathetic towards you but first of all you have to be empathetic towards them it's not enough to go to the document to to the first letter of understandings to a contract if you will and say but wait in the contract you said that if you can't really understand where they're coming from I think you're probably going to agree with me that one of the main reasons why partnerships fall apart is because you pull the trigger too quickly and too deeply, which means you got into a very high level of uh, partnership commitment with someone you don't really know well. Uh, Now, how did you get to know him? Somebody said, hey, you should meet them. The first question is, you know, how well do they know them? And how important it is that another person, uh, you know, knows them if they don't know them in the context that you need to know them. So it is a problem. It is a problem because uh, there is a limited set of people that you know, and maybe none of them is suitable or interested Uh, to get into business with you as your business partner. So now you're faced with, I got to find someone and I'm bringing somebody somebody as a partner. And we tend to overlook this and say, but I think that my gut feeling is right about them. Well, remember 70% of uh, business partnerships fail? I guess you were wrong about them. There is no substitute for the time And intimacy, and by intimacy, what I mean is really, if I go back to my six components of the model, intimacy is the level of interaction that you have with them. So do you interact with them mostly over email, where we make assumptions, where we read between the lines, uh, where we can edit and edit and edit before we send a message? Uh, versus uh, face-to-face meetings where you can read body language and see the consistency of body language and the words being used. Time. How long do you know them overall? How much time do you spend with them? How frequently do you meet with them? And and so on. There's no substitute for that. Because, by the way, those are the things that allow you to build what you know about them. Uh, On everything else that I said before, without time, without intimacy... You don't know anything about them. Now, I did mention somebody introduced them. So there is the element of trust is transferable. And when I say trust is transferable, that means that other people can give you references. And there are other ways to get references. Uh, One way is to actually ask people that they worked with. Now, those have to be people that you trust. For one reason or another, those have to be people that you trust. And as a result, they can give you a fair analysis of who they are, the the other person, who the other person is. You can use social media, you know, look them up at social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, anything. See who they are, learn more who they are uh, when they didn't know that you're going to be uh, looking at their social media. But you got to be careful when when you ask other people about them, that other people actually have a different perspective than you about people in general. And as a result, what they say about them, even though you trust this other person, this intermediary, this this person that introduced you to your future partner, even though you trust them, they not be looking at the things that you're looking. They may may not be characterizing uh, the other person the way you would so trust is transferable that is the fifth law of trust but you got to be careful uh, when you substitute your personal knowledge time and intimacy to transferable trust next as you're building the relationship with them Start looking at their positivity. I mean, you're spending the time, now we're going into the what they do part of the model, the three components of positivity, time and intimacy. I already talked about time and intimacy. Let's talk about positivity. Are they transparent? Do they suffer from confirmation bias? Do they have hidden agendas? There is a long list. How much BS do they contribute to every interaction with you? Those are things you need to pay very careful attention to. And and I spent a lot more time talking about that in season two, uh, one or two of the episodes when I talked about what they do and positivity in general. Uh, But you have to pay extra attention, especially in the early days, to how they interact with you. How positive are the interactions with them? And not positive in terms of uh, we generated money, but positive in terms of their contribution to the interaction. Obviously, by the way, you have to be positive in your interaction and and what you contribute to that interaction. But positivity and and paying attention. and, And, you know, after every business meeting that you have, Especially in the early times. So later down the road, it's it's not going to be that important because you've already formed your opinion. You already know them well enough. You spend enough time and intimacy with them. But early on, I would encourage you to, after every interaction, to, you know, you, you worked together today. You did something. You achieved something. Uh, they went home. You went home. Just play it in your head and try and see, are there any issues? Uh, Is there any issue of positivity that you noticed in that transaction, in that interaction? Another part is you have to ask yourself, how experienced are you with partners? And this goes into trustability. If you remember the eighth law, the eighth law of trust is that trust is a two-person game. It, it has two sides. The level of trust that I have in you, the level of trust that I have in my business partner, is the product of my trustability, my willingness to trust business partners in general, and that specific business partner's trustworthiness. And everything I said up until now really talks about their trustworthiness in your eyes, because trust is relative. So it's in your eyes. But the first part, your trustability really goes to the experience that you have with partners. Uh, I am much, much, much less naive today than I was in the past. In the past, and I did, I jumped into uh, partnerships with people I should not have jumped into partnerships with. I went into business with people where our relationship was asymmetrical. And those fell apart and those cost money and those cost in, in anxiety and, and other negative consequences of breaking a partnership. And some of those companies survived and some have not and so ask yourself how experienced are you and the less experienced you are the higher your trustability is probably going to be it depends on on where you are on your let's call it natural trustability which is probably a good topic for another uh episode uh, your natural trustability but um what I would say, and, and and this is going to be the, the ending of this, this episode, uh, I'll give you some advice. First of all, use the model. Use my trustworthiness model. Uh, think about what you know about this other person. Are they competent in the role that you have for them? Uh, personality compatibility is critical, symmetry, of the investment that you both are putting into that partnership and what you're getting out of it and and again you know what you're getting out of it can be financial and if your your equity is 50.01 percent versus 49.99 percent financially this might look the same the fact that you retain or the other person retains the voting rights with the 50.01 percent uh equity m- that, that 0.01 or even less than that breaks symmetry so and, and then the uh, those are the uh, who you are or who the other partner is uh and then the what you do or what they do in an interaction positivity uh time and intimacy that that you can increase them so use the model use this model the next thing is you have to keep in mind that you need a very high level of trust but trust compensates for risk and and your fear of that risk so what i would recommend this is this is one of the most powerful recommendations i give to anyone going into a partnership with somebody else and that is increase the risk gradually don't expose yourself to too much risk both of you both partners or more than two if there are more than two have to grow what they get out of that business and the level of investment that they put into this business very gradually and that time would let you find out who your partner is and would let your partner know who you are Now, you can start with zero trust. I I don't trust you at all. And then I talked about that in several episodes, especially the one uh, one of the later ones where I talked about uh, how leaders kill trustworthiness and they kill trustworthiness, uh, number one, by not trusting. So I'm not suggesting I definitely not am not suggesting that you don't trust the, your partner, your prospective partner at all, th- th- that you extend zero trust to them because they they obviously their trustworthiness is more than zero. By the way, the biggest problems with partnerships is not that the biggest partners w- uh, problem with partnership is that you extend 100 percent. You extend so much more trust higher, more than the level of trustworthiness that was exhibited by your partner, that things fall apart. So I I like what one of my, my methods to growing trust is to start with trust, but start with just a little more trust than what your partner has demonstrated in trustworthiness a little more and the the higher their trustworthiness the more trust you're going to extend but your trust has to be always slightly ahead of demonstrated trustworthiness and more important you trust them whatever you trust them show them that you trust them show them what you trust them with because they need to see that the last thing is keep asking yourself do i have the right partner much more important at the beginning as I said before, after every interaction, business interaction with the partner, you want to go home and, and think to yourself, what do I think about what happened today? Think in terms of the model, the six-component model. What do I think? Do I think that they're more competent than I thought yesterday? Do, do I think that we are our personalities are more compatible? Did we have any symmetry issue? Was there any positivity issue in the interactions today? Think about those things and keep asking yourself, is this my right partner? Obviously, as time goes by, as you know more about them and and the relationship is not going to stay if personality compatibility is low. That, by the way, I mentioned that it's the highest correlation with trust, 86%. If if you find out, as you find out that there is no personality compatibility or it's pretty low, it's going to fall apart anyway. Uh, if symmetry is not there, it's going to fall apart. So, keep asking yourself along the lines of this model: Do I still have the right partner? Over time, you're going to stop asking that because the business would, I- the partnership would either break, hopefully when the level of risk is not too high and the consequences are not too high, or the level of trust is going to grow, and there, this is not going to be a question anymore. I hope this was helpful. Think about that when you think about entering a partnership, a business partnership. What would you like to know about trust and trustworthiness? Let me know and I'll answer it in a future episode. I would love to hear from you. Email me at yoram at If you like this episode, subscribe to the show so you will automatically get notified when I release a new episode. Rate it. Write a review for this podcast, because those ratings help not only you, but also others looking for podcasts just like this. If you're looking for more resources to learn about how to build trust, be trusted, or know who to trust, look up my workshops, online courses, books, or go to my website, trusthabits.com. And remember that the answer to these two questions will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? And can you trust me? Thank you for listening or watching The Trust Show.